Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast for the week of Friday, November 6th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the election and uh, any takeaways from it, what the, the future of Arkansas looks like, future of the country, and maybe we'll have time for other things. I don't know. There's a lot to talk about. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. Was the election this week? <laughs> so we are taping at 4.30 on Friday, and Joe Biden will probably, very likely, be the next president of the United States, but it's not official yet. No, and, you know, I, I just, some of it is just my suspiciousness, you know, but I, well, I, he's clearly going to carry Nevada, no doubt about that. But then... And he's not going to carry North Carolina. It looks like he's going to finish ahead in Pennsylvania, but there's you know, going to be this mountain of legal challenges. It does look like he's going to finish ahead in Georgia, which is wonderful, but there'll be a recount. And there are provisional ballots, and there's some overseas ballots. And so, you know, that's, and it's very, I mean, it's, you know, 14,000 votes currently out of 5 million, I think, or something like that, cast. And then there's Arizona where, you know, several people declared him the winner early, but Trump is just, is kind of eating away at that margin steadily. And there are quite a few votes left to count. And the ones that are coming in have been favoring Trump right at about the percentage that he needs to eventually catch Biden. I mean, the smart guys all say he's not going to, but in any event, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to whoop and holler just yet. But, uh, I mean, in general, it looks good. I promised to play the national anthem on my trombone on Facebook if he wins. So I've, I've been warming up for that. All right. Yeah. There's lots of good Twitter promises out there. If he wins or wins certain States, uh, of course, sticking with the national story, uh, big takeaway is the Democrats, underperformed, uh, certainly based on polls. Uh, they did not take back the Senate, as was predicted, though they have a glimmer of hope with uh, two Georgia Senate runoff races, probably. Uh, they lost some seats in the House. Uh, also, pretty much all the national polls were wrong. Yeah, I, I think, listen, if Trump, if, if Trump is defeated that makes up for a, you know a truckload of ills, but but generally speaking, I'm going to still walk away from this election pretty depressed for several of the reasons you mentioned: a loss of House seats, a failure to pick up anything in the Senate where we really thought we had great opportunities. It certainly wasn't for the lack of money that people got beat. Everybody had all the money they need, and and there was an erosion uh, of support for Democrats among some pretty key. Audiences, particularly Latino, uh, Hispanic-speaking people. I mean, some of that in Florida were Cubans, but that, but that wasn't that wasn't the whole thing. This was across the country that that they underperformed, uh, and there was even a little tiny bit of erosion among African Americans for Democrats in in certain places. I mean, Joe Joe Biden got fewer votes in Detroit than Hillary Clinton did, to name one. Now he's going to win by four million votes, but the problem is the Senate. Unless there's a miracle and the Democrats win the two runoffs in Georgia and we have a Senate tie that's broken by the vice president, who's a Democrat, which is that seems just too much to hope. I mean, that that would just be a trifecta in Georgia. But but uh, 
I mean, the, the outlook is, and, and some of the progressives that won for the Democrats got beat. I mean, AOC makes the case that the problem wasn't the progressive agenda. The problem was for a lot of the candidates who were beaten, not using digital advertising very well. Uh, you know, who knows? There's, there are going to be a lot of postmortems, and there's already bickering at Nancy Pelosi. And, you know, I, I, I do think that unfair as it is that the Republicans have successfully sold national politics in a very simple way. The Democrats don't care about working people. All they care about are these cultural issues, transgender people and abortion and and reparations for black people and stuff like that. And I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I certainly don't think they're right that the Republican party has a working man it is at, at their heart, but, but I think they've sold that and, and you can't just say it's not true. We don't believe it. I mean, you gotta, you gotta figure out a strategy to do that. I don't, for, but there's also this other overarching problem that I saw in the election Tuesday. And that is, we've just got to come to grips with the reality that a good 40% of the American people like Donald Trump. They like his act. They like his bullying. They like his, his chip on his shoulder. They like his revenge. They like his nastiness. They like his nicknames. They feel just like he does. Now, an overwhelming number of these people happen to be white, old white men, which, sorry, but, you know, uh, there, there's that. But th th they just do. I mean... And, and I think he motivated him. The, the election day turnout was heavily in his favor. And, and that was, I think, and it was in Pulaski County too, by the way. I mean, there was great absentee vote, but the election day voting was, was heavily Republican. And I, I, it's just, uh, that's a problem. Yeah, well, absolutely. Democrats have to, to figure out a way to reach working people and, and make that central in their messaging. But of course, a challenge that they're always going to have is that Republicans, by and large, don't care about really anything other than power politics and, and oh, sure. are willing to play dirty and, uh, you know, stray from the truth and justice and being in power is all that matters. And we saw over and over uh, all sorts of racialized attacks of Democrats and that that's another story of the election and, and I mean, story of elections for generations, of course. And no, it, come, but it, it's terrible. You know, but that was the thing that was so discouraging about the shift in Hispanic votes. These are people that that Trump has called rapists. He's called their country shithole countries. Uh, he's tried to block their immigration. He separated their families at the border. And, and those who are here now see him as their kind of guy. I mean, I just, it just, it baffles me. Well, there's been a lot of, a lot of talk in, in national press and on social media uh, pointing out that, of course, Latinos are not a monolith, that, you know, a, an immigrant from Guatemala and a, a second generation Cuban American family from Miami are worlds apart and, you know, uh, can only be grouped by, by, you know, speaking the same language. But. Yeah, except. The Cubans, yes, but the broader Hispanic community, he holds them all in low regard, and his and his white supporters do. I mean, they want them gone. I mean, they want them out of the country. 
I mean, a day doesn't pass. You don't hear some story about some Trumper in, in a McDonald's telling somebody to speak English when they're speaking Spanish. I mean, it's I mean, I understand there's Guatemalans and Salvadorans and Hondurans and Mexicans and. Yeah, no, I, and, and I and I don't know what all, but I mean, he, he doesn't have any use for any of them. I mean, right. the only people he wants to let into America are Norwegians, you know, uh, it, it is hard for for us to fathom why anyone would vote for Donald Trump. I just mean well, that that's there may be different reasons. There may be different reasons that some subgroups of Latinos are voting for him than others. I, you know, it's just the oh, whole thing is fairly bad. Sure. There, there is a heavy strain of Catholicism. There's the abortion issue. I mean, there's, you know, anyway. I, yes, I mean, I, I know that so, but but you're right. That's the core thing with me. I just think he's so morally bankrupt. I don't see anybody could vote for him. So uh, Matthew Iglesias of Vox uh, tweeted a uh, shot. I think it's from the New York Times uh, of uh, trending votes from the last election. Uh, they used arrows to show the direction voters were breaking from the last election. And in Arkansas, everything was <laughs> all the red arrows were were pointing up. Uh, Maybe not unique in the country, but but uh, it definitely stood out. And he asked, "What's going on with Arkansas?" And of course, Tom Cotton, who has just been gloating his way through at least the early oh. turns, uh, said, "Oh, everything's great." But uh, Arkansas got even redder in this election. It's hard to believe. Oh, it was. Possible. Oh, Jesus! It, Jesus! It was terrible. I mean, the Democrats already were in a super minority in the legislature, and they lost seats. And they lost two Senate seats, and one of them was a, just a super great guy and con, and conservative, really. I mean, that's Bruce Malik, and they lost seats in the House, and they had a just a, a a really great lineup of oh maybe a dozen or so really good young men and women with good ideas who worked hard, who worked digital, raised a little bit of money, had organizations, and just uniformly. I mean, the Northwest Arkansas was the worst because. There was really some hope that things were changing up there. Well, forget, forget that. I mean, everybody up there got clobbered. Megan Godfrey did survive in Springdale against Jed Duggar, and that was something. But, but I mean, that that was not much. And and when the Republicans get through redistricting the legislature in, in 2021, they're they're going to cut out some more of these. You can be sure they're going to be fiddling with. Washington County to make sure that that doesn't that they can get rid of some of those up there, and so that happened. the The only hope is is that the Pulaski County Election Commission is still counting absentee ballots. They had kind of some screw ups, and there's still maybe as many as five thousand ballots to be counted in Pulaski County, and and they added uh, overnight of a thousand ballots on some that they the machines had been unable to process. And in both cases, it narrowed the, the margin in two state legislative races. Ashley Hudson, a great Democratic candidate against longtime Republican incumbent Jim Sorvillo, is now within about 65 votes, I think. And Matt Stallings, uh, North Little Rock uh, firefighter, great Democratic candidate. Talk about a guy who knows working people is Matt Stallings. He's running against uh, Carlton Wing, a Republican kind of slick Republican and, and uh, his race is down to about 80 some ballots. So 80 vote margin. So if each of those races 
accounted for between eight to 10% of the total vote in the county. So if all of the remaining ballots are distributed equally across the districts, there could be 400, as many as 500 additional votes counted in those races. And so clearly there's enough there to make a difference depending on how they split. For example, these added ballots that got counted added, I think, 21 in the Cervillo-Hudson race and about 12 in the Stallings-Wing race that were added overnight, and they split about evenly. So that, that's, not, that's not enough to do it. But in both of those candidates, the Republicans led on election day and lost the absentee voting. And so if, if depending on where the votes come from, something good might happen. We'll know most of this supposedly Monday afternoon. There's an election commission meeting this afternoon, but I don't think they're going to count any more of these ballots today. Of course, that will not change the uh, no, yeah, I mean, ticket race that I'm, we talked so much about. I'm two little races that, that means nothing. I mean, there'll still be 75 or however many Republicans in the House. I mean, uh, that, that's how pitiful I am that I'm focusing in on a couple. Maybe could win it. It's just like my good friend Clark Tucker got elected to the Senate, and I thought he's going to be one of seven people today to make sure that no uh, Democrat can be a chair of any committee of any sort and and they can't have more than three members on a committee. I mean, they might as well just mail it in. I mean, they're just, you know, they're just they're they have little to no impact except on those rare issues that don't have any kind of partisan flavor to them. And there just seem to be fewer of those all the time. Uh, So the the hope was that Pulaski County would carry uh, State Senator Joyce Elliott uh, over French Hill. That's been the hope for several election cycles. It did not come to pass. Well, talk about polling that was wrong. Uh, I guess the only polling done in that, well, there, there were actually some internal polls that apparently showed this too, but the Hendricks College Talk Business poll showed this is a dead heat, and it just wasn't. I mean, French Hill won by 10 points. The uh, Joyce Elliott got almost 60 percent in Pulaski County, but that she only got about what uh, Clark Tucker got two years ago. Didn't do any better, really, than that. And uh, she just got clobbered in the other six counties. I mean, any thought that there was some and, and this was a national story, too. There was the thought that there was this suburban movement to Trump, particularly among suburban women who didn't like his routine. And, and there was some suburban movement, I think, in, in, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, and maybe North Carolina. But I, I think it didn't materialize nearly to the degree that it was expected. But it certainly didn't here. I mean, <laughs> your home county, White County, 81% for French Hill. Gee whiz, what a showing. And 75% in Saline County. The best she could do in a populous county was 65% in Faulkner County. I think the some student organizers there and the fact that it's a college town Conway helped a little bit but you know it was just a disaster she just she just got whooped and, and it was uh she ran a great campaign and she had plenty of money and, and she had digital she had tv and her tv was very good and uh, i mean i never said this publicly but i could produce any number of people that i said this that i said the truth i didn't want to say it publicly because i didn't want to hurt her but I had a very big, high-ranking Republican who said, French thinks he's in trouble. And I said, I don't think he is. I don't think Joyce Elliott can overcome being a woman, being African-American, and overcome the embedded Republican uh, sentiment in the suburban counties. 
and that there are not enough votes in Pulaski County to overcome them. And that was, I was right. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't say it publicly so I could say I told you so, but I, I, I told it to any number of people. Uh, I'm sorry you're see. right, <laughs> more than anything. Uh, so the, the on the, the ballot issues, uh, it was bad. Uh, two out of three were bad. Yeah, they passed. They've embedded a, a hundred, a three, a two hundred million dollar a year guaranteed general revenue uh, cash uh, pipeline to the highway department, which wasn't doesn't handle its money well and doesn't deserve it. And they also basically abolished term limits. We're stuck with this same gang of yahoos for just as pro- literally probably the rest of my life. <laughs> literally, <laughs> I'll die before Jason Rayford is gone. And Misty Irvin, Missy Irvin, so the rest of these clowns. Yeah, and the, I, I say Missy Irvin, I mean, bad as she is in some ways, she's one of the better ones anyway, because they got some, I mean, they elected the KKK guy. I mean, it's just, it's just terrible. So, so, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's not much good to report there. So that, that issue three went down, uh, provides a glimmer of hope. All right. Yeah. Uh, for well, uh, right, that, citizens they, reform. They killed. They killed issue three, which would have. I mean, it wouldn't have prohibited citizen petitions, but it would have made it so hard that I, I'm not sure anybody could have could have coped with it. And so there can now be a petition campaign, maybe, but it's still going to be under under restrictions that are already so difficult that it made it very hard to get anything on the ballot this year. And this legislature is now even worse, and it's the same people with the same kind of leadership. And I, I assume they will be back again to do more fiddling around with petitions because they don't like them. I mean, you know, they 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 increased the minimum wage, and the Chamber of Commerce didn't like it, and the conservatives didn't like medical marijuana. The Farm Bureau hated it, and so you know, I. But anyway, there's still some hope, and so I'm I'm glad that was defeated. Pulaski County, uh, you know, I mean, as I said, it's time to revive the Hillcrest movement. Uh, Hillcrest voted great on everything. Pulaski County did too. It beat all three amendments. It uh, voted uh, against, uh, it voted for Joe Biden heavily, and it uh, voted for Ricky Harrington, the Libertarian, over over Tom Cotton about 55 to 45, which was. As I say, I mean, I had to get my pleasures where I could on election night, and that was one of them. So the, and that the, was just a cotton. Pro, that was a cotton protest vote, by the way. That was not a libertarian vote. Sure. Uh, for, yeah, first time for me ever voting for a libertarian. <laughs> uh, so the 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 hero of the moment right now uh, is Stacey Abrams. Uh, she's absolutely being celebrated for her years-long uh, project in, in Georgia of registering voters and really building up democratic politics in that state, which had has, was as lost as Arkansas is for years and years. Do you see anything replicable? I mean, that's been a lot of the talk is we need to follow the Stacey Abrams plan in some of these other southern states. And Well, yeah, we, we could do that, but Here's here's one problem, and that is we don't have enough black people in Arkansas. And, I mean, they're only about 15% of the voting populations, much higher in 
in Georgia. And that's a better place to start. Although, you know, I, I think the Democratic Party, m- much as I much as I appreciate the African American base, and if Joe Biden wins, he's got them to thank for a lot of it in places like Detroit and Philadelphia and and Atlanta. But the Dem- I, I figured I was figuring on it this morning. I think the the number of white people who reliably vote Democratic in Arkansas are only about 15%. And, and so the organization effort kind of goes back to not just doing some of what she did in, our, in, in Georgia. And I don't mean to say it was wholly focused on African-American, but I think that was a big part of it. It was broadening the base. And, and, and I don't know how, I mean, I, I, I don't, it's beyond me. I hope there's a smart person out there that can figure out a way to do it. Getting more people involved. I mean, I think young people are a place to begin. And, and there's some signs of life in the colleges in Arkansas that. But the Arkansas poll, you know, had this really sort of disturbing finding that, that Arkansas is far more Republican in the younger ages than other states are. I mean, this is... Well, there was a word Trump applied, and I think maybe you could apply it here, you know? <laughs> okay, well, before we uh, before we move on to endorsements, we should note that we set a new one-day record today for COVID cases the day after we'd set a previous, we'd set a, a, a one-day record. Yeah, just a giant increase in cases today. What was it? Uh, 1870, almost, 18, 18, almost 1,900 cases, yeah, and... and the governor once said, says, we just got to do better. But, but let me say again, we live in a state where the governor and his annually bonus commerce secretary are spending your tax dollars to advertise in other states what a great COVID pandemic strategy we've had. And we're, we're awash in an ever-rising tide of cases. And we're encouraging people to play football and go to bars because what what bad what could possibly go wrong so i mean I, i'm just i'm more out on it you've heard me on this before but yeah so i mean they, the the doctor said it would get worse in the winter if we didn't do better and we didn't do better and it's getting worse so all right heck of a, heck of a job asa well let's let's leave it there and move on to endorsements what do you have oh man i i i, I don't have anything except I'll, I'll put it online or somebody can send me an email if they want to know. There is this, somebody has developed a, uh, oh, I don't, I don't want, it's a, it's an instantly updating spreadsheet on all the, uh, on all, all the swing states that are still in play, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania. And, and it separates and it shows the latest update in every state, number of votes that went to each candidate, how well they performed against the percentage that candidate needs to win or lose the election. It's just crack. I mean, I'm going to it about every five minutes. And as I say, some send me an email at maxbrandlydarktimes.com and I'll, I'll tell you how to find it. Some little weird special website. It's it's the data that the New York Times uses for its updates, but it's. It, it runs ahead of their updates because it's just constantly feeding in everything. Right. I, I don't know if it's something Nate Cohn invented or what, but it's just, it's become my new go-to. I spend 
hours on it every day, every day now. That sounds great, but also exhausting. Well, I know. And, you know, I still haven't had a good night's sleep since Tuesday. I mean, I just wake up fretting about it and gnawing on it. And the only thing I can endorse is, and a lot of people have been doing it lately, is take a walk. <laughs> walk a couple of miles. The best part of my day is walking my dog. If my dog were better behaved, it'd be even better, but uh, <laughs> she's not. So, yeah, I'm going to go to the woods tomorrow and disconnect, I think. Yeah, that's that that's a good idea. We 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 turned off cable last night and watched Shit's Creek. You know, just just because I mean it just been too much angst. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Well, I'm going to use my endorsement time for a plug, and that's my semi-annual uh, beg for money for the Arkansas Nonprofit News Network, which I founded in late 2016. Uh, the, the gist is that it's really difficult for the Arkansas Times or really any media in the state to do sustained investigative public service journalism. Uh, because we don't have enough staff and enough time. So what we do with the Arkansas Nonprofit News Network is we hire reporters and editors on a contract basis to spend as much time as needed to report on important stories. And I'm very excited to announce, and I think I hinted at this on a podcast before, but our friend uh, Benji Hardy, who's a longtime uh, editor at the Arkansas Times and recently at ProPublica, is now the editor of Ann. And I think he's going to really move the organization into a good, productive place. And so we are amid Newsmatch, which is a national program uh, that does dollar for dollar matching uh, for nonprofit outfits. And through the end of the year, every every donation we get will be matched up to five thousand dollars. And so we are we're out trying to raise money so we can do some some meaningful journalism next year. Um, and and this year we've done we recently did a really critical look at uh, the pandemic's toll on teachers that that Benji reported that had some some numbers that had not been reported before. Um, we collaborated with ProPublica uh, for a, a look at Arkansas's unique criminal eviction laws. We did, I think, really the first kind of in-depth look at conditions and poultry plants in Arkansas. So th these are stories that that really you know need to be out there. So if you can contribute, help us out. Go to arcnews.org and there's a donate button there. Is that going to tell me everything I need to know, by the way, Lindsay? Uh, I think I will have to give you special instructions. But, um, yeah, and if you have questions, write me at Lindsay Miller. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-M-I-L-L-A-R at ARKtimes.com. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe and sane and healthy. And hopefully next week we'll come back with, uh, with Max playing his trombone yeah we'll, we'll do we'll do that there was oh well i i'll i'll save it for another time maybe there'll be some good news next week let's okay. hope all right see ya see ya